Welcome to the American Association for Respiratory Care 2020 Corporate Partner Podcast. My name is Timothy Myers with the AARC and will serve as your host for this podcast series. Since 1947, the AARC has been leading the effort to advance the respiratory care profession and promote high-quality, cost-effective, patient-centric respiratory care. The combined efforts between the respiratory care profession and industry in pursuing unique and innovative ways to improve both the quality and outcomes of our patients make us natural partners in today's healthcare continuum. Today's podcast will highlight Massimo, a 2020 Platinum Level Corporate Partner. Joining me today is Gary Clausen, the Senior Director of Global Professional Education. Gary, welcome to today's 2020 Corporate Partner Podcast. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for having us. Yeah, well, Gary, Massimo has been a longtime corporate partner with, with AARC, and, and we've invested uh, in a lot of the, the initiatives you guys have done on the patient uh, safety movement side. So I think this is a, a, a good relationship we've had over the years. So uh, maybe an easy way to, to start off into this podcast, Gary, is to tell us a little bit about Massimo's mission and philosophy as it revolves around its respiratory care uh, division and products. Sure. Thanks, Tim. So we were founded uh, more than 30 years ago by creating breakthrough technology for non-invasive monitoring of patients. In fact, if you don't mind, I'm going to go through our guiding principles. I think that really tells you who we are. So first is to remain faithful to our promises and responsibilities. We're a high-performing company. We move very quickly. We produce lots of products. In fact, we have more engineers on our company than salespeople, which is really exciting. We thrive on fascination and accomplishment, not on greed and power. We strive to make each year better than the year before, both personally and for the team. And this is what I like. We try to make each day as fun as possible. And then most importantly, the one we never forget is do what is best for patient care. As I mentioned, we've produced more products than all of our competitors combined over the last 30 years. And so it's really exciting to be in the education department where I get to train everybody on how all of these things are being used. We started by improving pulse oximetry so that it's no longer a fair weather friend. Respiratory care practitioners can depend on our technology, even when patients are critical. Motion low perfusion, we always talk about. We've also moved into capnography. We've got reliable capnography that eliminates water rather than just blocking or filtering the water when you're using a side stream technology. And we've developed a new acoustic platform, which I would encourage respiratory therapists to look at because patients will actually wear this And if they're not intubated, it's a really good platform for uh, monitoring respiratory rate. As we know, respiratory rate is one of the most important uh, vital signs. And I think it's really important that we have a dependable way of monitoring that. We believe as a company that all patients should be monitored with reliable technology that doesn't false alarm. In fact, we're moving now to remote tetherless monitoring. This is our next breakthrough. We've got products that will allow you to wear some of our technology and it'll connect to your phone. Or um, uh, the hospital, for example, um, could have a COVID patient come in and they're not quite sick enough to be admitted to the hospital. They would hook them up on our system to their phone. They could then send them home and monitor the patient through their phone back at the hospital. So that's really exciting stuff. Well, Gary, that's that's a very interesting concept of taking the ICU or telemetry kind of unit, if you will, uh, outside the ICU, because uh, data has shown that that patients that get into compromise or distress oftentimes are not the patients that are in our intensive care units or those with even respiratory-related illnesses. It's surgical patients, it's post-op patients that aren't being monitored. 
And so I think we're becoming more cognizant of that in the hospital setting. But now you're talking about taking this technology outside the hospital walls. And so I'm gathering, since you, you mentioned that you're, you're, you've done this with COVID patients, that, that this is actually taking place now, at least in pilot trials or pilot studies. And, and are respiratory therapists involved in these? Yeah, so Cleveland Clinic is the has been the leader in this. They've really pushed this through. We we got this um, technology we were looking to use for patients on opioids with opioid overdoses. And I, I live in Utah, and we actually had a a fellow go home from the hospital not being monitored, big athlete, and he took uh, part of a pill and it, it killed him. And so it's been it really raised that level to a high level that we're very concerned about it. So. We approached uh, with that technology to monitor opioid patients and moved it to the COVID patient. FDA approved it very, very quickly. And so Cleveland Clinic has been a real leader in that. To the degree that RT is involved, I'm not really sure. I know there's a lot of triaging going on. So I know that nursing is involved with that to some degree. But certainly as these patients come in the hospital using our technology, respiratory therapists would be very involved. Well, that's an interesting concept, and we'll look for more things to come in the future from that. And your first answer there about a little bit about your mission and philosophy, uh, you ran through a checklist, and, and one of those checklists is is let's have fun, and, and who doesn't like to have fun? So maybe you can uh, take a little bit of deeper dive and provide us some insight about your company, uh, its culture, and, and your employees. Sure. So as I mentioned, we're engineers, clinicians, sales professionals, and many other important team members that all come together to deliver breakthrough products. Our CEO has said many times, if we weren't here, we think some of these products would never have been developed because we've been very fortunate to have very brilliant people working on many of these technologies. We're based in Irvine, California, but we've got offices all over the world. And we've decided to control the manufacturing process from start to finish. And this really guarantees that we have the highest quality of products. I'm not sure if you've heard of some of our products, but we have our Rainbow platform which monitors non-invasively hemoglobin, carbon monoxide, net hemoglobin. And one of my favorites that I loved when I learned about in respiratory school was non-invasive oxygen content. Because as all of our clinicians know, when you measure saturation, it's only a part of the equation. You need to know saturation and hemoglobin and plasma oxygen and oxygen content gives you that in real time. So it's really exciting. We also have a product called Replica that will give clinicians a handheld device with high-fidelity waveform-type data where they can see immediately what's going on with their patients. And you and I know many times respiratory therapists are scattered throughout the hospital. Sometimes we're lucky enough to be on one unit or one floor, but if we've got patients that are out of sight, it's very hard to keep track of them. And with this replica device, it'll really give us patient monitoring right in our hand. Pretty excited about that. In addition, we have just now um, are releasing a, a non-contact thermometer. Again, because of COVID and the need for temperature monitoring, we've actually included a probe that will do that continuously. So imagine continuous respiratory rate and continuous temperature when looking at a patient with COVID. It's really exciting. We also have acquired companies that have really allowed us to step our game up. So one is a, a company that, that made capnography out of uh, Sweden. And we've been able to improve that technology. Another is brain function monitoring. Now, respiratory therapists don't necessarily get into the brain function arena, but we're seeing that used in the ICU and you're taking care of a patient on a ventilator. You want to know, are they over or under sedated as you're maybe trying to wean them or you're trying to recover them or put them in an ARDS protocol, something like that. 
We've also purchased a semiconductor company. So as I mentioned, we can control the manufacturing process of, of the chips. And then we acquired an acoustic monitoring company. And that's that respiratory acoustic monitor that goes on the neck that listens continually for breathing. So lots of products that really are directed at respiratory therapists. And I'm excited to be a respiratory therapist and to be able to share those with, with my peers and to be able to have them be the technology leaders in the hospital. It's a really exciting time to be a respiratory care practitioner. So, Gary, do you, do you see these things predominantly? I mean, I, I think you covered a range there, but I mean, I think it's still things that are we're looking at uh, maybe in the emergency room or, or the operating room or the intensive care unit. Uh, but you, you did mention that you're starting to see these things migrate out into post-acute care type of, of settings. And so maybe you can talk a little bit more towards that and what the thoughts or rationale there are and how that data gets back into the hands of the clinicians uh, in, a, in a rapid or efficient way. Sure. As we get further and further away from the OR and the ICU, it becomes much more critical that the information that we're gathering is reliable and dependable. One of the worst things that can happen with a monitor is to have a false alarm. And that's really been our strength, is that as we've introduced products, we put them through rigorous testing and make sure, in fact, we're called signal extraction technologies, one of our foundational technologies, that we're allowed to pull the true signal out of all the background noise and give clinicians numbers that they can they, they can believe in. In addition, they now can give caregivers at home numbers that they can believe in. So I used to work in home care many decades ago, and I remember going into the home and helping a mother take care of a baby on a ventilator and teaching her how to manage the ventilator and how to suction. Imagine having an alarm that's constantly going off in that scenario where the mom's not sure what to do. And so as we move into caregivers that are assisting with respiratory care and as we're training them, we need devices that we can depend on. And as that information is transmitted back to the hospital, we don't want the hospital to call paramedics to a, to a house where it's not needed. And so that really um, uh, leads to our strength is the ability to pull a true signal out of all the background noise that's going on. Well, and I think that that goes back to your original statement about kind of the employees being engineering driven with with the clinician focus, because I think, you know, one of the things we've heard about for years and maybe decades now in the intensive care setting and in emergency room and maybe operating rooms is alarm fatigue. And it's not the good alarms or the things that we need to know about our patients. It's all the false alarms. And so I'm going to gather, I guess, that you guys have spent a lot of time and effort and, and energy into looking at false alarms and the causes and and how to minimize those. Exactly. So with our signal extraction technology, and just starting with pulse oximetry, which you can look at many of the other products that we have, in pulse oximetry alone, we reject 95% of false alarms. So our false alarm rate's around 5%, where our nearest competitor's around 30%. So it's a dramatic reduction in the noise level. Imagine we had a, um, a large hospital in the Midwest that contacted us and said that they had a lot of false alarms. In fact, they said 2 million false alarms in, um, in their newborn ICU. They came in and we did a demonstration and we, we hooked up our devices. And the big thing that they noticed was how quiet it became in the newborn ICU because you don't have all the false alarms. And, and when, I don't know if you've worked in a nursery, but you've got growers, you've got all kinds of kids, you've got parents there that are, that are just trying to recover. The children are trying to recover from the intensive care environment. And to reduce that noise level is really significant, I believe. 
Yeah, that, that's that's an interesting question and answer and 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 a concept, and it, so it's it's leading me into the next step because I think you know uh, you have to be a lifelong learner and 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 move because technology moves so fast now in the healthcare setting. And so, what types of things is Massimo looking at and doing around patient or professional education activities that your company finds beneficial in in promoting your technology and your science and your data? To those bedside clinicians. Sure. So we used to do a lot of face-to-face, but of course, with COVID over the last six to seven months, we're really not allowed to be in hospitals unless we're actively installing equipment, which we've actually been doing a lot of lately. Uh, as I mentioned, Cleveland Clinic is really kind of leading the way with a lot of this technology and adoption and how fast they're able to adopt things. But we've learned that virtual training is very helpful as long as the clinicians on their end are willing to receive it. We're willing to provide that kind of virtual training. We've got an online corporate university called Massimo U. I think it's MassimoU.com, Massimo University, where we've got a lot of our training. And we would clinicians can come in and sign up and create their own account and take advantage of the training that's there on devices that they have. They can um, request that we set up a specific portal for them and customize training directly for the hospital and what devices they're using. And we've also um, provided CRCE credit for our teams that are interested in that. So we think as a technology company, embracing the technology that everyone's almost being forced to use right now as far as teaching and learning and communication, we find that really plays to our strength. And we're really excited to be able to, to help more people understand the breakthroughs that have happened and how it can make their processes better, how it can improve patient safety and really reduce the cost of care. If you have a lot, reduce a lot of wasted care, you've really saved a lot of money and using many of these non-invasive technologies is able to accomplish that. Well, you you mentioned, uh, you know, and I guess it won't be 2020 if we don't talk about COVID at some point, but you mentioned you went from kind of really the live hands-on training to a virtual uh, environment. And and we know uh, from the time that the pandemic hit the East Coast, we saw a need from respiratory companies to have to ramp up and provide not only hardware, but disposables. And so maybe you can take a moment to talk about the, the challenges or, or even the opportunities that COVID-19 pandemic has brought to you and, and Massimo. Sure. As I mentioned, we were really focused on the opioid epidemic. And then when COVID came, we were able to repurpose monitoring technology that was reliable and tetherless and had the ability to, to link to your phone. We were able to quickly get that approved and start doing that. You know, imagine you've got two or 300 patients coming to the hospital. There's no room to put them in. You've got to triage them somehow, but you don't want to just send them away and not have them monitored. So this breakthrough technology allowed us to be able to triage them at the hospital, send them home, and then bring them back to the hospital when they start, their symptoms started to get worse. And if they were mild symptoms, as happened in many patients, they never had to come back to the hospital. So that was, that was exciting. Um, our CEO is a real visionary, and one of the things that really touched me is he told any respiratory care practitioner, in fact, any clinician that was working for him that wanted to go back temporarily and work in a hospital to help, especially if they knew hospitals they used to work in were overwhelmed and needed staff, he'd be happy to let them do that. That really, I thought, was a, was a great thing. Uh, a lot of our teams are working from home, and as in, again, I'm in charge of the education department, and my people are scattered all over, and we're doing a lot of education and training from home, but we've got, and these are the people I really want to highlight. We've got respiratory care practitioners and nurses that are in hospitals, putting themselves at risk to help their fellow clinicians install our equipment, 
so that they can really upgrade and be able to monitor their patients without the false alarms, with all the various technologies that we have. And we really believe that we're making a difference in COVID and any of these other healthcare crises as they come. Well, you know, since I'm based out of the Cleveland area, I've, I've heard a little bit about the technology and, and, and how it's being implemented in COVID. But maybe for maybe some of our, our audience out there, we can touch on that a little bit deeper. Uh, you know, uh, you talked about acoustic monitoring where you wear something on your neck and we know a pulse oximeter typically goes on a digit or an extremity. Where is this take a home type of patient interface uh, technology uh, located? How do you wear it? Where do you wear it? And those types of things. Sure. So the tetherless solution is really it goes on the finger and then comes down to the wrist and it's got the ability then with Bluetooth to be able to communicate to your phone. So when the patient shows up at the hospital and let's say they tested for COVID in this situation, but they check their symptoms, they don't really have much of a fever, there's really not other symptoms that would uh, cause them to be admitted, but they're concerned because they're positive. And maybe they have an underlying risk. Maybe they had asthma as a child. Let's, let's pick something that we know well. So they would then connect the, um, the tetherless uh, radio transmitter to their phone. And then that would then, using the phone technology, get back to the hospital. So the hospital could have a war room, for example, and they can monitor all the various patients that are uh, then being under their care from a monitoring perspective and then be able to notify them or call them when it's time for them to come back into the hospital. So that's just one potential here. We've got others that are so many new products that are coming that are really exciting that will, I think, really engage the respiratory care community. Uh, you know, the, the wireless on the neck, we say we've got multiple ways to monitor respiratory right now. We can use the standard, which you and I are very familiar with, and we're trained in school about technography, right? Respiratory care practitioners are really the the um, experts when it comes to capnography, but if it doesn't quite work for capnography, for example, if the patient's now been extubated and they just won't wear the cannula, you come in to check on them and they've got it up in their hair because they're eating. You've seen that happen many times. We think that acoustic is a good solution. Uh, maybe in the pediatric population, you could use that as well. The kid that just won't leave the stuff alone on his face, and and if you put it on his neck, you know maybe he'll leave it alone. So now we get an accurate respiratory rate. We also have the capability of measuring respiratory rate from the pleth, from the pleth waveform. If you're familiar, obviously, with oximetry, you see the little waveform in the front. We can actually measure respiratory rate from how that varies. Now, that's not very motion tolerant because if you move and corrupt the pleth, then it's not going to work. So there's more sound technologies, but in certain situations, taking it from the pleth may be the solution that works best if they can hold still and get a value. Well, it's very insightful, and, and it's a look into the future. And, and again, uh, moving our patients uh, that may be at risk. Uh, you mentioned the opioids and, and now COVID from an acute care setting where no one wants to be, and they probably shouldn't be because it increases their risk of uh, nosocomial infections and those types of things, uh, back into a safer care environment, but someplace where they can still be monitored. So, uh, you know, it's some interesting stuff to keep uh, an eye on going into the future. Gary, let's let's wrap up here a little bit. Uh, Masimo has been a longstanding corporate partner of the ARC and and very uh, t tied and true over the years with us. Where where do you think Masimo finds the value in its relationship with ARC and through corporate partner and other activities that it participates in? Well, with respiratory care practitioners being the technology expert in the hospital, I see them as a direct pipeline to be able to implement new technologies quickly. We're not afraid of technology. We embrace it. We know how to interface it with patients. That's what our training really teaches us. So it's it's critical from our perspective to get this the new product, whatever we just created, right? Get it out through the AARC 
to respiratory care practitioners, and then they can use it with their patients and, and really be seen by all the members of the hospital community as the experts when it comes to technology. And that's what I'm excited about is a respiratory care practitioner. One of my favorite things to do is to go into hospitals and teach fellow clinicians about how to use technology, how to use things that they didn't realize were possible and how they can improve care. So to quickly disseminate information through the RT community is really a value to us. And so we really value our partnership with AARC. Well, Gary, I want to take this opportunity to thank you and your colleagues at Massimo for sharing a little bit more about your company and, and your future and, and the technologies you're looking at today, but also also those of tomorrow and joining us today on our Corporate Partner Podcast. Thanks, Tim. And just remember, if you looked at Massimo last month, we probably have a new product since the last time you looked. So we've got many new products in the pipeline. Keep your eye on us and know that we'll bring reliable solutions to healthcare and help you as a respiratory care practitioner. Thanks for listening to the ARC Corporate Partners Podcast. Be sure to check our show notes page for links to our featured corporate partner as well as other podcast episodes. Be the first to know when our next episode airs by subscribing to our podcast. Until the next time, my friends, keep on supporting the respiratory therapy profession and stay safe.